Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today I wanted to talk about something very, very disturbing going on, uh, amongst other things, folks, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and it's in regards to a an article in the Adventist Review, certainly the Adventist Review, not the Advent Review and Sabbath Herald anymore, that's for sure. Um, but it's done by a man named James Standish. And if you guys haven't seen this yet, on Advent Messenger, dear friend of mine, Arnie Suntag, who is the founder and president of Walk of Faith. It's an organization that conducts seminars and educational series on health and disease prevention. And he's personally helped me in my uh, health and in, in regards to health. I've, I've personally sought him out. He knows what he's talking about. And if you want to reach him, you can reach him at Arnie Suntag at walkoffaithmedia.org. So that's A R N I E S U N T A G, Arnie Suntag at walkoffaithmedia.org if you want to reach him. And the reason I mention that is because he wrote on Advent Messenger quite uh, quite an important and quite a well uh, a well done rebuttal to the article by James Standish. Now what am I talking about? James Standish recently posted an article in the Advent Review and it was about it was called viral lies and it's talking about clearly he takes the stand on the side of uh, pro vaccines Obviously, he without saying that he he's he's pro vaccine mandates and he thinks anybody who's against it's anti science. So Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, Robert Malone, some of the others. Now, because I'm going to be posting this on YouTube, I'm going to have to self censor here on a lot of stuff. So I'm not going to talk about the argument in regards to between the things he's discussing. If you want to look at that, you can go to the Advent Messenger and read Arnie Suntag's uh, rebuttal to the argument. What I want to point out are some of the things he said, and then I want to look at his education. Because last time we talked a little bit about education, especially the sexualizing of children that's going on right now. And education is very, very important because when you when you have educators, you in a way they're like they're like secondary parents to you. Someone who's a teacher uh, they're not only your teacher, they're your mentor. They help you grow up and learn, and they form your worldview. So it's very, very important. So that's going to be the that's going to be the angle I focus on this week. Perhaps I will do another one on this where I actually take on point by point the arguments, but that will have to be posted on Rumble as far as those who listen from YouTube. If you're listening from YouTube, I encourage you, please check out our rumble page we are trying to uh, just now we we are going to be putting every single thing that we have up on rumble.com as well so that's you just type in the the search bar r-u-m-b-l-e dot com go to rumble and in the search bar you look for truth triumphant when you find you'll see that there's a channel selection there select the channel and then you can go to our page and you can see our latest videos and we're not monetized, so you have to search for us specifically. 
and you'll see that uh, we have a lot of videos up. One, a recent one we did on QAnon. I have a lot of radio programs up online there. However, also, if you are listening through Apple Podcasts or you are listening through Spotify, none of those have been censored there. You can also go to our website at www.truthtriumphantministries.org and all the radio programs are there available. For the last uh, 10 or so weeks, I have not missed a single week. So if there's a week where you've seen that I haven't posted somebody something, go check out Rumble and see if it's there. Uh, or you can go right to our website, check and see if it's there, or you can su subscribe to us on uh, Spotify or Anchor or uh, Apple Podcasts, any one of those. Uh, anyway, so I, I don't usually spend a lot of time on discussing how to find us, but I think that it's important because, again, I'm not going to be look. I'm going to have to self-censor on this on this uh, particular message because I am not going to be able. I'm not going to be able, according to YouTube, to look at anything that has to do with the, uh, the virus or vaccine mandates or anything like that. So. I am going to look at his education. I'm going to look at some of the things that he said. First, first off, I want to start off with the Desire of Ages, page 70 from Mrs. White, where she talks about how important Jesus's education was. She says this, the child Jesus did not receive instruction in the synagogue schools. His mother was his first human teacher. From her lips and from the scrolls of the prophets, he learned of heavenly things. The very words which he himself had spoken to Moses for Israel, he was now taught at his mother's knee. As he advanced from childhood to youth, he did not seek the schools of the rabbis. He needed not the education to be obtained from such sources, for God was his instructor. In other words, um, homeschooling was, was Christ's form of education, and his secondary school was the book of nature. So he had the scriptures... Uh, learning at his mother's knee, and he also had the book of nature, and he shunned the educational uh, systems at the time. Now, I'm not saying just in general as a rule, uh, you know, every person is called to do that, or every person should do that. I think it's preferable. I think it's preferable if it's if the mother, uh, if it's feasible that the mother can do that, if she's not a single mother or something like that, where it's possible for her to do that, it's definitely a better option. And it's the option that we have chosen in my own family. But I also want to point out something that should should strike very close to home with us. And that is the fact that the education system, if Christ had gone to the rabbinical schools and was forced to go to the education centers there, he would have dealt with um, absurd amount of temptation. He, In fact... He may not have succeeded in his mission. And why do I say that? Because that is being said of John the Baptist in The Desire of Ages. In page 101, it says this. In the natural order of things, the son of Zacharias, talking about John the Baptist, would have been educated for the priesthood. But the training of the rabbinical schools would have unfitted him for his work. God did not send him to the teachers of theology to learn how to interpret the scriptures. He called him to the desert that he might learn of nature and nature's God. So our education is very important. It forms the foundation of, of how we think and who we are.
and when you're very young it can it really forms your character so you're a young person you're you're a young person you're an adult you're a young adults you're going into the world you don't understand uh, how things work and you get taken under the wing of an educator an education system and you're institutionalized into whatever that system teaches you now if you're learning at your mother's knee and you're learning from the scriptures you are truly free I tell you you are truly free and any a school not any school you know and again I'm not anti schools here but um, there definitely is a, a an emphasis here that the person that gave the Elijah message during before the first coming of Christ or during the first coming of Christ John the Baptist who was the antitypical Elijah there um, his education was preferable to be trained at his mother's knee in fact if he had gone to the schools he wouldn't have been able to do his work so the school you go to is extremely extremely folks important it forms your worldview now James so when talking about James Standish here James Standish for those of you who don't know he's the son of Russell Standish Russell Standish as far as I know, folks, uh, was a very sound Seventh-day Adventist. He wrote books like uh, Deceptions of the New Theology, Modern Bible Translations, Unmasked, uh, Adventism in Peril, talking about problems in the edu education system in Adventism, The Road to Rome, talking about apostasy, and Spiritism in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So, uh, Definitely somebody who was giving the straight testimony, at least from the things that I've read from Russell, and uh, giving giving the trumpet a certain sound, as far as I understand. Again, I haven't done that much studying on Russell Standish, but I'll tell you, if, if James, uh, from what I do know about him, he seems very sound. But with James, it seems that the apple, in this case, did not fall... Uh, close to the tree. It fell very far from the tree. This is what it says on the article called Viral Lies, April 22nd, 2022, just a few days ago in the Adventist Review. It starts off talking about a person's experience with someone who is anti-vaccine. Now, this is what it says. Wow, everyone went to the sports bar except the three of you, and you went to church. You couldn't get a starker difference. And only three of you, huh? Like the Hebrew worthies on the plain of Dura. My friend laughed. Well, we weren't exactly under threat of death. But you know what really hurts? There were only three of us. And one of us just died two weeks ago. Left a devastated wife and three kids. Oh no. Yeah. He bought into all the stuff circulating in his church about how bad the COVID vaccine is. He was a really, really good guy, just 51 years old. He believed the lies, and now he's dead. That man isn't alone. Across the Adventist community, vaccination has become a dividing line. For the most part, the loudest cries in the anti-vaccination camp have gone unchallenged, except for a polite muted statement here or a thoughtful monologue there. Meanwhile, faithful Adventists have died and continue to die horrible, lonely, completely unnecessary deaths leaving behind devastated families and churches. Something needs to change. You think this guy's uh, uh, pro-liberty of conscience? 
pro people looking at the evidence on both sides and making their own decisions? Clearly, clearly he's not. He goes on, he says, We are a church community who won't let people join until they stop smoking and drinking, but today we have people taking over entire churches and spreading a strange teaching that is directly responsible at the time of writing for roughly 2,000 unvaccinated Americans dying every single day. The time for polite platitudes is well past. It's time to stand up clearly, strongly, and completely unambiguously for the Adventist, Advent health message when we need it the most, and to take on the challenge of the non-Adventist approach to faith and reason that is driving this schism in our church. You know, uh, it's really insane to see that just some of the problems here. Uh, but I, clearly... Clearly, he thinks that people who are anti-vaccine should basically be disfellowshipped because he's saying, you know, we won't let people join who don't until they stop smoking or drinking. But you can't be against vax. But if you're against vaccines, we allow that. So clearly, he's saying we pretty much shouldn't allow that. And he's he's holding people who who are standing against the censorship, who are standing against the the maligning of doctors like Doctor Artis, Doctor Peter McCullough. Dr. Uh, Pierre Corey uh, and others who have stood up against uh, the insanity of the mandates and things, this clearly lockstep global movement, great reset, all that stuff. And he's fully on board with it. And why, of course, well, uh, the General Conference did accept money from uh, the government. You can read about that in Advent Messenger, the $72 plus million dollars uh, that were accepted by different Adventist conferences throughout the United States is, is a, a very good uh, article there in Advent Messenger. But also, basically what he's saying is that this is part of vaccines are part of the health message. Think about that. You know what the health message is, of course. It's, it's all natural remedies. It's, uh, it's water. And I'm not, I'm not against going to uh, a hospital for certain things. If you break your legs, certainly. If you, you know, if you get, if you get bit by a certain animal and you need some kind of anti-venom or something like that, certainly, of course, we have to be balanced in our approach to all this. However, Mrs. White makes it very, very clear in the Ministry of Healing that it's trust in God, it's temperance, it's sunlight, it's it's the use of water, sleep exercise, diet, fresh air, those are the natural remedies. It seems like in the last couple years we've added on face masks, which negates fresh air, quarantine, which negates, you know, pretty much every single one of our principles, including sunlight and fresh air, and then vaccines, all of which, none of which are part of our health message. It, that this is all people's personal choice and should be their personal choice. And who who on which side of history is Mr. Standish on? You know, in the last two years, people people have had the question answered. In the last two years, we know the answer to a certain question, and the question is this: Throughout history, uh, throughout our lives, when we look back at things that happened in Russia or things that happened in Nazi Germany in particular, and you wonder, you know, what would I have done had I lived in Nazi Germany? Would I have stood up for the right 
or would I have just gone along with whatever the government said? Well, now now we know the answer to that question. Perhaps we made a perhaps we made a poor choice in the last two years. Perhaps we shut shut down our churches when there's no business more essential than the third angel's message. Perhaps we bought into all this stuff. Perhaps we got a vaccine when we were we didn't really believe it and violated our own consciences against ourselves. Where does Mr. Standish stand? Ironically, he stands with the Nazis, clearly. Clearly. He goes on, he actually compares people who are anti-vax to, um, to Islamic fundamentalist terrorists uh, who murder people. He makes that connection there in that article. But he goes on to say, I want to read a little bit more of his quotes here. Goes on to say, to believe the COVID vaccines are not life-saving based on a spot of data here, a charismatic speaker there, by grasping at misinterpreted data and connecting unrelated dots to an incoherent theory here, there, and everywhere is exactly the approach that Adventists walked away from in the spiritual realm. And we need to do the same in the physical realm. So it's quite interesting there. It's quite interesting there. By the way, throughout this article, while he, he basically says you're a lunatic and you're insane if you uh, disagree with the vaccines, he, he doesn't give any actual evidence. He just says, yes, it's, this, is, this is good, it's clear, it's obvious. Very Jesuitical, folks. Very Jesuitical. Whether that was the intention or not. He goes on, he says, today the data is in. Oh, right, we're going to hear some data, right? No, we're not. Says the data is in. COVID vaccines dramatically reduce hospitalizations. If you are hospitalized, they dramatically reduce the chance you'll need to be transferred to the ICU. If you are transferred to the ICU, vaccination dr dramatically decreases the chance you'll die. There are people who quibble with the data. Yes, of course there are. It's a big world, and there's someone who quibbles with just about everything. Are there medically trained people who eloquently debunk the data? Yes, of course there are. Anyone who's been around doctors long enough knows there are some very quirky docs. Just as there are quirky lawyers, pastors, teachers, engineers, and for politicians, being quirky is almost a prerequisite. So, basically, you know, you're, you're out there. You're a fringe lunatic. You're quirky. Someone who, like Peter McCullough, who is the most published doctor in his field of study of all time of all time but he's an honest man and he's he's quirky he's out there interesting he goes on he says but to think that Johns Hopkins University Loma Linda University the Mayo Clinic Advent Advent Health Adventist physicians from Norway to Austria Malaysia to Kenya are all involved in a giant conspiracy that's not rational. It's not accurate. It's not true. And if we choose to believe the lies and spread them, someone we love may very well be the next Adventist to die a horrible, lonely, completely unnecessary death. Folks, how sad, how absolutely sad uh, that we've seen the fall of so many Adventist institutions and how clearly it is uh, that the message has died in the conference, that the trumpet is given no sound different than any other church the great controversy has been shredded to pieces with the great hope 
and they lie to us to our face and they keep telling oh everything's great everything's great peace peace when there is no peace and you get to the end and in the advent review this is supposed to be the the people right advent review represents the seventh day adventist church seventh day adventist church is supposed to finish the reformation right and at the very end in big big uh, big letters there you can see it says you wonder how could someone speak this way is this is this how seventh-day adventists speak do seventh-day adventists stand against the right to liberty of conscience can't people uh, see both sides of the data and make their own decision are people responsible for the deaths of others because because they're skeptical uh, science data is driven by skepticism that's how we get to the core truths of things by being skeptical and questioning everything so we wonder james standish how could he how could he speak like this how could a seventh day adventist talk like this well the answer is revealed again at the end of the article as i said in big letters it says james d standish a georgetown law graduate with an mba from the University of Virginia served at the General Conference of South Pacific Division of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and as an executive director of the U.S. Commission in International Religious Freedom before opening Standish Strategic Consulting in University Park, Maryland. Folks, this man went to Georgetown University. Georgetown. The premier, not, 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 a, not a fringe... Uh, education little little school somewhere over here this is the premier jesuit school in america he went there a supposed seventh day adventist one who believes in the first second and third angels message the third angels message being the warning against receiving the mark of the beast who's the beast it's the roman catholic church james d standish is a son of the Jesuit order regardless of of whether he's a fully fledged Jesuit a, a Jesuit coadjutor or just someone who's been infected by their education it doesn't really matter because his worldview has been formulated by the Jesuits now how big of a deal is this let's read a couple of quotes here from 50 years in the Church of Rome by Charles Chinoquay, where he talks about what what a Jesuit education can do for you as a, a Roman education but especially a Jesuit education and this man would know something about this because he attended Roman schools he was a priest in the Church of Rome and he had to deal with all these different theological teachings this is what it says for to study theology in the Church of Rome signifies to learn to speak falsely, to deceive, to commit robbery, to perjure, perjure one's self. It means to commit sins without shame. It means to plunge the soul into every kind of iniquity and turpitude without remorse. Liguori, in his treatise on oaths, question four, asks if it is allowable to use ambiguity or equivocal words to deceive the judge when under oath and at number 151 he answers quote 
These things being established, it is a certain and common opinion amongst all divines that for a just cause it is lawful to use equivocation, that's lying, in the propounded modes and to confirm it, that is equivocation, with an oath. Now a just cause is any honest end in order to preserve good things for the spirit or useful things for the body. That's page 59 and 60 on 50 years in the Church of Rome. It actually depends. It really, it really depends on on which version you have as to which page it's on. So I'll let you know that it's also it's in chapter 13. Chapter 13. So to to learn in a Church of Rome, and it's not just theology. It, for him specifically, who's talking about theology because he's a priest. But for someone like Russell Standish, who has a medical degree, uh, that means to learn how to speak falsely, to deceive, and to commit robbery. That's what he learned. You know why? And some people think maybe I'm a little too harsh in this. Folks, let me, let me put it to you in another way. You have a Seventh-day Adventist who has learned at the feet of the devil. You have a Seventh-day Adventist who has learned, has created a worldview and learned at the foot of the Antichrist, Christ's biggest enemy. We wonder why all these problems are going on in the church. Look at who these people are who are supposedly the masters in Israel, right? The, the, the leaders. They're completely corrupted, folks. These, these people shouldn't be trusted. See, there's only, two possible, there's only two possible reasons why James Standish could give, could give that garbage... Uh, article number one he b actually believes what he says which means he's extremely extremely incompetent and if he's extremely incompetent what business does he have being a leader in the Seventh-day Adventist Church none is the answer or number two Standish knows exactly what he's doing he's very smart and he is, he is intentionally trying to make people who are against these vaccine mandates and censorship and everything else that goes with it, that they're murderers because he wants other people to look at that. And whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter because he's been trained to speak falsely, to deceive, to commit robbery, even to lie under oath as Liguori teaches. But I have another quote here for you, a little longer one. Where it talks about, where it talks about how the Jesuits, in particular, the Jesuit order, Ignatius Loyola, in his spirit, his book Spiritual Exercises, what they teach about how a pupil is formed in one of their institutions. This is what it says: Fifty Years in the Church of Rome, and this is page fifty-seven and fifty-eight, same chapter but that you may better understand the degrading tendencies of the principles which are as the fundamental stone of the moral and intellectual education of Rome. Let me put before your eyes another extract of the Jesuit teachings, which I take again from the spiritual exercises as laid down by their founder, Ignatius Loyola, that we may in all things, quote, this is Loyola, that we may in all things attain the truth that we may not err in anything 
we ought ever to hold as a fixed principle that what I see white I believe to be black if the superior authorities of the of the church define it to be so. Let me pause there for a second. In other words, if, if James Standish, he learned, if he learned at a Jesuit institution, he learned that white is black if his superiors say so. So, if he's still listening to his superiors today, which of course he would be, because that's what his education has taught him to do, then if they say unvaccinated people are murdering everybody else, even though, uh, or, and that the, the vaccine mandates are good and all these different things, he will believe that and teach that because his superior told him to. Because he has a Jesuit education. It goes on. It says, you all know that it is the avowed desire of Rome to have public education in the hands of the Jesuits. She says everywhere that they are the best, the model teachers. Why so? Because they more boldly and more successfully than any other of her teachers aim at the destruction of the intelligence and conscience of their pupils. Meaning, folks, uh, I'll pause it there for, again. Meaning, uh, James Standish, because he went to a Jesuit institution, He's had his conscience seared with a hot iron. He has no intelligence and no conscience that is not com in complete subjection to his Roman masters. This quote goes on. It says, Rome, procla Rome proclaims everywhere that the Jesuits are the most devoted, the most reliable of her teachers. And she is right. For when a man has been trained a sufficient time by them, the most perfectly becomes a moral corpse. That's right. That means he doesn't feel. Anybody who has been trained at a Jesuit institution and has been trained by the Jesuits has been trained to have their consciences and their intelligences completely subjected to their masters. Not to think for themselves, but to think as they are told to think. They are moral corpses to be moved in whichever direction that their superior moves them. Going on with the quote, it says, His superiors can do what they please with him. When he knows that a thing is white as snow, he is ready to swear that it is black as ink, if his superiors tell him so. And folks, we're just about out of time, so I'm going to have to close it here pretty soon. But I will say, when you compare someone like James Standish to someone like John the Baptist, and you see the differences in their education... You can see why Standish could say those things that he said in the Advent Review. How sad, folks. How sad that people like this have a public platform in the church that's supposed to be the remnant, in the church that is supposed to finish the work of the Reformation, in the church that is supposed to receive the latter rain and give the loud cry, the church that is supposed to give the straight testimony, the church that is supposed to take the fights to the gates of hell. Instead, we have a platform for the agents of Rome in the Seventh-day Adventist church. And who are they telling? They're saying anybody who stands against what they deem to be truth are murderers. How sad. How sad that our leaders are so against liberty of conscience. How sad that the editors of this publication 
are either so blind or so in lockstep with this belief that they've almost completely given up and betrayed their sacred trust. People like Russell Standish were titans in the church. People like James Standish, they're destroying the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The Advent Review and Sabbath Herald, now known as the Advent Review, is destroying our message and these leaders. We must resist them. If you are listening to this and you are in the conference, you must resist. You must resist this insanity and stand for the right though the heavens fall. Protest. It's time for us to protest again against these awful enemies of liberty of conscience and pray for them that the Lord might bring them back to the light and they might stand for the right though the heavens fall as well. I'm Cody Moore. You've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. We'll catch you next time. God bless.